Uh, similar to the, the project in Butte, the Smithers Collection, that the Butte Social Public Archives work on, little did I know really that, that that was going on. So about two years ago, Lori Moore retired from running the, the photo archive. I became the uh, interim manager of the archive of the photo archives at the Montana Historical Society for, for several months until I was actually hired officially into the position. But so one of the you know I had to figure out well, what what are we gonna do? <laughs> Is there anything that we can do you know to do differently or whatever? Uh, you know you're, you're coming into a new position. You're like well I want to do something. Uh, so one of the the ideas uh, ended up being let's let's do something with the Jordan collection and you know being me being inexperienced not very smart um, I said yeah let's do that uh, you know this is a conversation between myself really and, <laughs> among myself um, you know how those are and so I convinced myself yeah let's 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 just start digging into the Jordan collection you know we have we have one uh, halftime uh, photo archives tech who can work maybe about half of her time on on uh, working with collections and had myself and uh, we have some volunteers so <laughs> so uh, you guys have had a, uh, I know, a pretty like a small army of volunteers working through all this stuff and uh, and I figured well I know a couple volunteers we'll see who else wants to work on this so we started digging into it and this is a collection that uh, we figured was about 40,000 uh, negatives uh, a little over 40,000 negatives and some prints, kind of not, not very many prints, mostly a negative collection, uh, Leslie George photo collection. And it took up a lot of boxes, I think it was like 60 something boxes, uh, maybe 75, I don't know. Um, I didn't look up that number, but these but big brown boxes uh, full of negatives. It's like we had a preliminary inventory of it that volunteers had worked on years, years past. Um, the collection had been uh, really officially ours and could be worked, uh, we, could, we, could, we had officially had ownership for probably about, uh, let's see, 2000, I think it was maybe 2009, 10, something like that when we officially had ownership. So we had been kind of waiting for, for something to happen to it for, for about seven years. And I go, well, it's, it's about time. So we started uh, digging into it. And um, so that was two years ago. <laughs> And just like years, two years back, um, we're we're almost done getting through this collection. And it turns out it's it's not forty thousand negatives. It's actually probably seventy five thousand negatives. We've counted about fifty thousand, I think, at this point, and I've estimated another it's about another twenty five that we haven't uh, inventoried quite yet. So, uh, with about seven thousand prints as well in the collection. So, uh, I speculated that it's. This is probably the largest photograph collection in the state from one photographer. Um, it's, I, I don't know anything else that is that many negatives uh, in particular, or, or just that many photographic items. I mean, the Haynes collection, the Smithers collection is about 25,000 of what's remained. You know, it was probably close to this size, I would think, maybe. I don't know, honestly, but for just the extent, the, the, the amount of time that he worked in view, he probably created something like that too. Uh, but you know, Les George was in Mon in Helena from his from birth to his death in 1977. Um, and he really worked 
into the 1960s. So from you know, really the 1910s to the 1960s, he, he photographed Helena and he kept the negatives and he kept everything. Uh, he says that uh, newspaper articles say that he, he kept every, every negative he ever shot. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but it's pretty darn close. And, and so this, this is a, a major collection as far as the size goes. It really is focused on Helena. Um, there's some photographs outside of the area of the town of Helena, uh, certainly, but, uh, but it's very Helena focused. He didn't go out much. There's one, uh, there was an air airplane crash in the 1930s that he went over north of Bozeman and took photographs of, but he didn't, he didn't take many photographs beyond this region, so it's, it's kind of interesting too. Let's get into, I want to tell you, kind of spend time telling you Leslie George's story, uh, kind of the chronology. Uh, that will take up most of our time, then I want to run through some, talk about the collection a bit, kind of where it's at, the status of it now, uh, how we've organized it, uh, how that goes, and, and then share some of the photographs. I only have, you know, I don't have that much time, so it's just a limited, a limited look at the photographs themselves. But I hope to give you the story and to whet your appetite to look more into this collection. Uh, certainly a major Montana photographer's collection. So Les Jordan was born uh, almost a hundred what, 120 years ago. So like last week. So in uh, a small little house just across the street from St. Charles College, now Carroll College, on Benton Avenue in Helena. Uh, born to a Norwegian immigrant, uh, Tom. Jordan, or Paul Jordan, uh, came to go, go by Tom, and his wife Ella, who was actually, his, uh, her parents were from Norway, but uh, she was from Wisconsin, and they met in Helena and were married here, and uh, Jordan was their second child, so they had two, and he had an older brother, uh, Roy, Royal Jordan, uh, and his father was involved in mining in different capacities, they had lived in Marysville, and then came back, came to Helena, back to Helena. Um, he also ran bars. He had uh, in the city directories. That's all, that's all you see is that Tom Jordan is, is uh, running, uh, managing bars in uh, in Helena. So, but in the newspaper stories, he's involved in mining. So, kind of wonder like how how successful was the mining? Um, you know, how much time was he spending managing the bars? Probably, I don't know. It's an uh, interesting difference there, but. So about eight years old, George uh, buys, he gets his first little pinhole camera, uh, 35 cents, and he, this is, this is kind of the beginning of his lifetime of, uh, he, he liked to tinker with, with his equipment, so he, he actually, when he was a kid, he, he built a little shutter to go with this pinhole camera, he built, built it himself, um, and he does that throughout his career, he, he gets equipment and he, and he uh, rigs it, he, he invents some, some new way of doing it. Uh, and that's, that's a staple for his, his life as a photographer. 14, he finally gets a, a brownie camera and really starts taking photographs. And that's what we, the earliest photographs in the collection are, are from that, the 1915, 16, probably the earliest. But I do have one photo of Carroll College, that, of St. Charles College, 1915, that is one of his earliest. Uh, you'll see later. So he drops out of school and uh, gets a job at Parch and Drug as an errand boy, of course. He's uh, 14, 15 years old. Uh, didn't want to go to high school. And starts working and he ends up developing film at Parch and Drug uh, in the evenings. 
when he can, he starts to learn it. Um, so very quickly though, he, uh, Leslie, uh, the other Leslie photographer in Helena, Leslie Lyle, uh, was probably about 10 to 15 years older than George. Uh, Leslie Lyle notices this, this young man who can develop film and he uh, brings him on to help him out. Uh, very soon, in the summer of 1916, uh, he convinces uh, George to buy out the 16-year-old boy to buy out his, um, his, business, his photo finishing business. So George goes into his, his own kind of entrepreneurial uh, young man. And this is, these are actual photographs of him working in, I believe it's in, in Lyle's um, dark room there, when he's 16, 17 years old. So it's nice to have those photographs. Uh, this is also, these are from a photo album that, that Becca Cole uh, pointed out to me that we have in our collections. It's from a, a friend, a childhood friend of Jordan's who took these photographs, or had these photographs. I suspect that that's a portrait that Lyle did of Jordan when he was probably 17 or so. This is actually in, we believe it's in uh, Leslie Lyle's photograph uh, shop. It says in the shop. And there's photographic material, there's frames, there's uh, some of Lyle's photographs in the background of the legislature and other, other things that are Lyle's. So look at that photo <coughs> album. Uh, and this photograph also came from that photo album from his friend who I believe joined the army along with him and to go to World War I. Uh, George tried to enlist when he was 17, I believe, in, in 1917. Uh, his parents stopped him from doing that somehow. Uh, he, so he registered for the draft. We have a record of that in the summer of 1918. Uh, he was finally enlisted officially in the Army uh, in November, <laughs> November 4th. If you know World War I history, November 11th was the armistice. Uh, he, he enlisted, he was sent to North Carolina with a tank, uh, tank corps to train, and the war ended, of course, uh, a couple months later, he sent back to, you know, he's out of the army, and he's, he's coming back to Helena in 1919. Uh, he, he takes up his job uh, again with Lyle briefly, but as soon as he possibly can, he, he uh, gets this position at the O'Connor's Drugstore as their photographer and photo finishing business out of O'Connor's drugstore. He ends up doing that for about 12 years. Uh, through the 20s, um, very soon again, he gets married to Emily Carlson, who was a, a school sweetheart of his. Uh, he says that she was the, the smartest girl in school. She passed him up in grades, and she went on and, and finished, uh, went to high school, I believe. But um, And so he marries her in 1921, and they really are partners uh, in the, the uh, George Photoshop business photo business for the rest of their lives. Um, it's a family business in many ways. There's a shot of the O'Connor drugstore. You can see over on the right side, there's the Kodaks advertised, and they certainly had a drugstore. They did photo finishing. Um, it was very common, and that was the place, you know, even up into my, my youth, we you know, took our photos to the, to the drugstore to get developed. Um, but you also get your supplies and your cameras and stuff there. Um, so, and then through the 1920s, George is he's starting to take more photographs around town, of course, as he's as he's able to. But he's you know he's not he's not really stepping out and developing his business as much as you might think. I think you know keeping up with uh, the work in the drugstore was probably 
uh, enough for him, perhaps. But um, so we don't have a lot of, there, there are some um, jobs that have negatives represented in the collection from the 1920s. Um, but there's, there's these, a couple um, visits in the 19, 1927, at least, that uh, we have, um, his name is? Lindbergh. Lindbergh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Lindbergh comes to Helena, and uh, this actually is this is George's five-year-old daughter. Uh, Evelyn is there in front of the Spirit of St. Louis. He didn't get a great shot of Lindbergh. He, he got shots of him in his car, and um, uh, never got didn't really get a good close-up view. Um, Will Rogers visited later in the year, and he did get some good got a series of good photos of. Will Rogers sitting around, and this is an interesting photo just to see everybody laughing behind him. He's obviously, you know, he's he's spouting something, some some humor, as he would, and uh, the photographs show that it's kind of to be full set. So there's a photo of George in 1928, uh, up and coming young photographer in Helena. Um, so just just about to consider breaking out away from O'Connor Drugstore and starting George Photoshop, which you see there on the right and a nice shadow portrait of him. Um, so May 1930, he opens his own store, branches out. I think that's, that's a pretty good time to open a business, right? 1930? Yeah, it says uh, in an article about him, it says he borrowed $600, rented the former silk store for $100 a month, purchased $435 worth of photographic supplies, and found himself broke after paying deposits on light and gas. I bought some equipment on credit and set out to prove a point to those who said I was crazy to open a luxury business so soon after the stock market crash of 29. Um, they were actually able to keep the store open. Um, they got through the depression best they could. Uh, there's a couple stories uh, to share. Uh, Mrs. George recalls standing at the door of the shop watching people walk by and praying for just enough business to, to pay some of the bills. And another article, they talk about praying for sunshine so that people would, have, would be able to go out on, and take photographs over the weekends. You know, every Sunday they would pray for sunshine. Um, because you know, you couldn't, most people couldn't take photographs unless it was bright and sunny out. So they're praying for the weather to keep their business afloat. Uh, also another story, George remembers one cold winter morning when he and his wife were watching people walk by all bundled up with their heads down. They weren't even looking at the shop, he said. Finally, I went downstairs and brought up two large cardboard cutouts of pretty girls in bathing suits and stood them, up, stood them in the window. It didn't bring many customers in, but they sure stopped for a second look. <laughs> yeah, try anything you can in the, in the early 30s. So they did succeed. Uh, oddly enough, or ironically, the uh, October 1935 earthquakes was one of big boon for their business uh, that you know, maybe in many ways uh, saved the business or kept it going. Uh, because George took uh, over 700 photographs, at least, that, that we have uh, of the earthquake, the, the damage, and, and resulting uh, situation in Helena. Uh, it's an amazing set of photographs and, and was highly uh, purchased over the years. And, you know, when you see earthquake photos, there's a lot of Helena earthquake photos out there. Um, George's are probably the, more, the ones you see most, most of the time. Um, here's, a, here's a few. Um, this is actually the location where uh, one of the men was killed during that, the first earthquake on October 18th. Uh, another sign of some serious damage 
in the resident, residential area of Helena. And of course, the, the uh, National Biscuit Company, Nabisco, over by the Sixth Ward, I guess, um, north of here. Uh, took a lot of damage, and this is after the final quake, or the last major damaging quake, but the, dam the damage was incremental on this building, and finally it was so bad. And then, of course, the collapsing sections of the new Helena High School, uh, which is one of the more famous ones. Uh, the brand new Helena High School building, which is now the middle, the middle school, still, still there, repaired, um, but uh, much of the brand new building was, was damaged and destroyed. Uh, speaking of Helena High, uh, the George's uh, daughter, Evelyn, there's, they only said one, one daughter. They had a son who died at childbirth. Um, but Evelyn uh, went to Helena High School and graduated in 1940. Went on to Montana State College, Bozeman, uh, for at least a couple years before she was married. Uh, George also served in 1940 as the head of, or the president of the Montana Photographers Association, so that's something his, his uh, colleagues voted him into that, into that position. So he was certainly involved in, in you know, the professional photography in the state and, and interested in and served in that in that role with that organization, um, just showing his his involvement in the community. He had kids at the high school. Obviously, he's he's by the 1940s. He's his business is really thriving. Um, he's uh, you see throughout the 1930s a lot more commercial jobs. He's doing a lot of uh, a lot of the organization organizations around town. He's doing the group portraits. He's doing photography for the high school, all the schools. Um, businesses, weddings, really pick up in the, in the 1930s. So getting that shop on Main Street, his own shop, really kind of set him up and they just had to stick through that early, those early 30s to, to make it work. Uh, but you really see him su being successful now into the, into the early 40s. Um, so by, by 1947, he, uh, he wants to, I think, cash, cash in on this. Uh, and, he, and he's kind of, I think he's tired of the retail business. So he finds uh, Al Brown, uh, who's a young man, uh, interested in photography, and he convinces him to buy the shop, and buy, his, buy George Photoshop, and he does with a partner, uh, Elmer Ward, in 1947, and George turns the business over to him. It, it, they keep, they re remain with, the, they keep the name, George Photoshop, and that stays with it until, I think, into the 70s at least, if not later. Um, and the Brown family runs George Photoshop, uh, kind of the retail, selling cameras, selling film supplies, and, and processing film for people out of there. But George wanted to concentrate on the commercial business of you know taking photographs out in the field for for uh, customers. So very quickly, George starts up his own his offshoot or what he wants to focus on in another uh, storefront around uh, a couple blocks away on, on North Jackson Street. That's the um, Commercial Photoshop, he opens and runs for the rest of his career, the next 20, 20 years from 47 to 69. And just as the left side of this storefront, there's his, his vehicle, uh, Commercial Photoshop. He, he wanted to focus on, all, he always, always has the photostatic copies and he has a really big, uh, we have a photograph from the 60s of this big photostatic copier that he had set up to do copies for, for businesses. And here he is with his, his uh, 1955 Dorothy Larimer, the uh, journalist for the, the IR, does a story on George, so celebrating his, his years of service to Helena. 
And uh, this is part of those. Dorothy Larimer actually took these photographs. Uh, the settlers with all his cameras, he keeps his cameras. I wish I knew where they were. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to them. He has his, his enlargement set up, which he was proud of. This is a, a, actually, he had just purchased this one, I believe. Was able to do very large enlargements. He found this old uh, setup in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and bought it and brought it here so he could do very large um, enlargements. There he is, been on, working with people in, in the shop. It's kind of a neat photo. Uh, back in the dark room as well. Um, so 1969, uh, apparently due to the difficult health situation for him, to, uh, not sure the details of this yet, uh, he ends up uh, selling commercial Photoshop. And I, I recently heard from his, his grandson, uh, who I'm gonna be in more contact with and hopefully get more information, but uh, uh, he just quickly made a, made a little comment in an email about how their grandmother just very quickly and without thinking much about it, they thought she sold off you know everything to to Northwest Graphics. Um, but in in the articles that I read, it's it's Jordan making that decision. But um, uh, so yeah, there's a story there, uh, and I think a little regret from the family. But you know the story is well, it, it, the photograph collection remains intact. Uh, it goes through. There's a long story that I can't go into now uh, about how it ends up in the Montana Historical Society, but by 2003, thereabouts, it's, uh, it's brought to Helena, returned to Helena from uh, a field. <laughs> and, uh, and Jordan lives another uh, seven years, seven, eight years, uh, and ends up dying in a, in a home here in Helena um, after an extended illness. So that's his, his career um, in a thumbnail sketch. Uh, the collection is I don't know, how much time do I have left here? Um, Doing all right? About eight minutes. Okay, good. So the collection is, it being such a huge thing, we, we had to kind of break it down into parts. And, you know, it was organized in kind of an alphabetical arrangement, at least a lot of the larger negative, larger format negatives mixed with some small formats, where he had kept them in, uh, in folders. They're the original folders that he used, and he wrote information on the outside of the folder as far as like how he, you know, the f-stop and whatever his settings on his camera or whatever and how many, sometimes he did that, I think. Um, but also like how many prints he sold and who, you know, who was the main contact and where he had to go. So all this information was on these envelopes and they were kind of falling apart in a lot of ways, but, um, and acidic and bad, bad paper in there um, holding the negatives and prints. So we worked through those and tried to come up with these uh, different series, we call them, to organize the collection. So the, um, there's a whole lot of Catholic institutions. He took photographs of the cathedral and Carroll College and so on. So that was an obvious one. And that's where we started. We just kind of, let's just do this one and see how it goes. And see how we do and how fast we work through it. And that was ended up being, the Catholic institutions ended up being over 3,000 negatives and it's about 18 boxes, archival boxes. So like, we were proud of ourselves, we got through that in maybe about four months or something, three or four months. Um, and primarily of Pam Smith, who was our photo tech, she's not here today, she was here yesterday, um, working primarily on it, on doing processing, and also a volunteer that was a very steady volunteer, Jeff Sillick, who was a retired Department of Transportation employee, uh, was able to come in and we just kind of threw him right at the deep end with this, and he stuck with it. Uh, he's coming back actually on Monday to start up again. He takes the summers off. Um, 
So between Pam and Jeff, they plowed through uh, so much of this material. Um, and it's really amazing. It's, it's a remarkable thing to get through this much stuff in the period of time that they did. Um, and we're almost, Pam is working on her last several envelopes out of you know, dozens of boxes. She's almost done. She's actually working on the Masonic stuff. We, we, nobody wanted to do the Masonic boxes. There are about five or six boxes, I think. And nobody wanted to do them. We started doing a little bit, then got back there and left, left several boxes at the end. So that's the last group that Pam is working on. Okay. Uh, so uh, also, I have another couple of volunteers working on uh, the weddings. I was going to hold off on the weddings and just kind of keep them as they were, but put them in new boxes. But I had got a couple of volunteers willing to work on them, and uh, they've been able to get the weddings down to the last two or three boxes now, I think. So there's actually, so for, for these five series, each of those series is, is about 10,000 or more than 10,000 negatives. So huge. I mean, each one of those alone could be a major collection, a really big, interesting collection. Uh, so the commercial businesses one is that's that's really a lot of the core of, of George's business was he was doing photography for businesses throughout Helena, um, the big businesses, Mount, you know, Montana Power Company. Um, he did some work for the Anaconda, for the East Helena plant, and uh, big corporations and small businesses around Helena that. Um, you know, he took photos for Flegelman's, the New York store, took their window, their, their display window, a couple times a year probably, and it's from 19, I think maybe the 20s, but 1930s for sure, all the way to the 1950s, 60s, we have views of the display windows. I mean, it's just, it's just wonderful stuff. And that's just, I can't, there's no way for me to summarize this collection in, in any way, shape, or form in, in a short period of time. Uh, the Individuals and Families collection is, it is exactly what it sounds like. You go in and take photos. He didn't take portraits in a studio per se. He would go, he just, I don't think he liked that for some reason. Uh, he would go to their homes and then he would take family photographs or take photographs of their children you know, sitting on the couch or playing in the living room. So that's, that's wonderful. I mean, we have interiors of the homes along with the photos of the children. So it's not only good for the, the families and descendants of those people. It's, it's good for somebody who wants to do maybe social history or view an interior of houses in Helena uh, or, or even some exterior shots too because sometimes they take photos out in the yard. So, you know, just extremely valuable stuff. And in the private organizations, there's all kinds of social churches, uh, private uh, you know, social groups. Um, Shodare, there's a huge collection of Shodare material. He did a lot of work for Shodare uh, that we just used in an article in the, in the magazine actually. So. You might be able to see it if you take a look at that. Uh, schools, there's a, a amazing archives of Helena High School photographs, which I have to like somehow reach out to them to try to get, get them to engage with this material because it's from the 1920s to the 60s. Helena High School, it's uh, it's great. So that's uh, let's look at some of the photos in the last few minutes here. Um, so Jordan lived, you know, he was born and lived, grew up just within a block or so of, of Carroll College. St. Charles College. This is the 19. Actually, that's, I don't think that's 21. I think I, yeah, that's I, I did that incorrectly. That should have been 1915. Um, so great shot of just uh, west of St. Charles College when it's just that original building. Uh, there's an addition, 1921. Some aerial views in the 1930s. George 
love to get up in airplanes and take some aerial views. So we have great aerial shots throughout the 30s of uh, all over Helena. Uh, this is one of those as an example. Another one, this is a, I love this shot, the shadow. And you can see the sea on for Carroll College over on, the, on Mount Helena, um, 36. Uh, an example of uh, the commercial business um, views is the, the AA garage. I'm not sure if they call it the AA or whatever. AA garage. Uh, just as an example of what, a, what photo, the type of photos he took for commercial businesses. So, of course, their exterior of their business, right? Uh, how they wanted it. They, they sponsored a youth football team. So, they brought the youth football team down and he took photos in front of their business with the youth football team. It's the interior of the shop, the garage. The men working on the cars. Um, these are just examples from this. The bowling team. Of course, they had a bowling team, right? The AA garage. There. He took some photos of the bowling team for them. They were proud of that. There's a lot of bowling team photos throughout. Uh, here's some color. He did very, very little color. But in the 1950s and 60s, he did, uh, did use some color transparency, shot color transparencies and color negatives. Uh, this is the color transparency of the old Capitol Motel and service station, which is where the is it Walgreens, I think, is there now, over by the Capitol. Uh, service station and the motel is around it. There's the view of the motel in Mount Helena back there. It's all gone now. So an example of the individuals and families. A uh, uh, family, this is, we were contacted just a, a month or two ago by uh, Stella, a lady named Stella. And she, she said, I saw the write-up in, you know, in, the, in the, bowl, the brochure for this conference. And she's saying, I think maybe in, in that collection there's photos of my family. Sure enough, we go look it up from Leonardo's. There's, there's her. That's her as a baby. That's her parents. We were able to, to scan these and send her, send her images of her family. Not only that, there's the whole family. The, there's her, a little bit older, with, her, with other siblings and her two parents and the rest of their family, the larger family, Leonardo's. And they're proud of their car. And it turns out that, that uh, so she remembers growing up right near, right adjacent to the commercial Photoshop. And so they would play outside in front of the building, and Mr. Jordan would come by and he would take their picture sometimes, she said. And so we're like, oh, there's got to be photos of them. Sure enough, yeah, they lived just right next door to, uh, to the commercial Photoshop. So he must have known them, and so he took their pictures several points throughout their time living there. So great stuff. Uh, there's, there's wonderful street scenes, of course. Uh, in the Places series. Uh, I'm still putting this together myself. Uh, it's a smaller group, which probably only just a few thousand, just a few thousand <laughs> photographs. But um, this is just an example you know, of one of the street scenes. From, I think this is in the, the early 30s, maybe late 20s, 30s. Um, throughout, from the 30s to the 60s, he's got street scenes throughout Helena. And this wonderful view, he went up in the Civic Center Tower and was able to take photographs he did some panoramic, a series of panoramic shots, and I think this is about late 30s or early 40s, um, and just wonderful view of, of Helena. Um, so that's that's a, a just a sprinkle of material from this huge collection. Um, right now, we're starting to scan, uh, to scan and do some digitization on the the nitrate film negatives because there's a portion. It's probably I don't know, I estimate five to seven thousand nitrate film negatives in this collection, and it's been stored in our nitrate vault all along, just for protection. But that's that's it's very unstable, chemically unstable film. So uh, really, the, the idea is to to scan 
the images to preserve the images, and then eventually, you know, we'll have to do something with the nitrate, probably destroy it, but um, that's the that's the way to preserve them at this point. Uh, so we're beginning that process. We probably we have a, a couple few hundred uh, images scanned, but we'll be doing Tom Ferris or photographer will be scanning for the next uh, I don't know six to nine months, however long it takes him. Uh, and we'll be anticipate doing some digitization of those as much. Maybe we'll be able to do five or six hundred. So that's everything from about 1915 to about 1937 or so when he starts using safety film. It's kind of a crossover somewhere in there. Yeah, I think that's it.